that's when it came out of a clear blue sky. Oh, the dear good Lord's own sweet breath and his voice like an electric shock. I Welcome to Good Luck America, a politics and news podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Chet Wild. Hey everybody, welcome to Good Luck America. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Good luck, comma, America. A you can't politics, rush that. A politics and news podcast. A news and politics podcast. Or is it both? It's a podcast about the politics and news of the world. Things that don't necessarily get the coverage they need, or or things where um the uh we we know Fox News is gonna be Fox News and there's no change in that, but we can hold the uh, for lack of a better term the liberal side of the media, the side with a liberal slant, to higher standards to not fall into the trappings of the darker side. Absolutely, but we're not really doing that today. No, that our slant is objectivity. Like that's how crazy the world is. Oh yeah. Like what's your what's your bias? Uh we like to be objective and hold people to a higher standard. <laughs> you guys are so against Trump. Well, sorry, the objective truth is against Trump. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a time to be alive. Yeah. Before we get into today's topic, we're talking about immigration again. Again. It's important. It's it's very important. And people to to my surprise, something that Adam never does and is is against me doing to a fault, is engaging and acknowledging the comments on this podcast. Yet, you will be pleasantly surprised by the uh, change in direction today. We'll yeah. There. I'm not, I mean, I don't normally make a big deal of, co- I mean, we read comments on the main yeah. podcast. But you don't want the comments to dictate. The comments don't normally influence what goes into the show each week or what no. we talk about. But this week is different for a couple reasons. One, I was having trouble coming up with a topic. That's not true. I knew well, I knew what I wanted to talk about. But also last week talking about this is so hard to fit it all in. Like Yeah. I feel like there's a lot left to be said. And we got a comment on last week's show that I'm gonna read that I think is really kind of indicative of what kind of what America is right now, but especially discussions around immigration and civility and Things like that. But, hey, before we get into that, how have you been, baby? Um, just battling, battling that depression. Good I'm, times. We're going to bring I What's Your how Problem back. We just, we just decided. This podcast isn't going to help with that. But, we're, are we calling it Least Anticipated Pod of the Month? We're going to record that right after. So we yes. have an upper. Which will be a Patreon exclusive yeah, that we're doing every month. This podcast is free to everybody, right? This podcast is free, but you get a bonus episode on Patreon every month where me and Chet talk about movies and music and TV shows like in the olden days. Where actually, this is one of two podcasts that... I'm actually on four podcasts that we're releasing this week, but we're on a limited schedule because it's uh, a holiday week mm-hmm. and I don't want people to have to work. So we're doing this podcast right now, obviously, and there's a new episode of Unpopular Opinion tomorrow with Caitlin Cutt, which is about incels. I was uh, going to say incest for a second. <laughs> <laughs> with Caitlin Cutt and Matt Brousseau. And then I am defending the movie The Purge on Best Bad Movie Ever 
which there's a new purge on Tuesday that, that we're going to talk about the but day before to, the new purge you'll comes have to out. Tune into the new least anticipated. And then me and Carrie Martin are on Bleak and Review this week, where I try to get to the bottom of when the Our episode, episode drops. Yeah, when it drops, I asked a few times on that show, and I still didn't get a definitive answer. What's Kevin's Twitter again? At KB Anderson, yo. Tweet at him and ask when Adam and Chet's episode of Bleak and Review comes out. Please. Please. He, he really likes the reminders. I know he feels bad for not getting it done. If you have a Twitter and you're not tweeting him right now, drop everything you're doing. Pull the car over to the side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Or just do it while you're driving. It brings me such great joy. <laughs> because it's the best pod you and I have ever recorded in terms of entertainment value. I would argue... Well, for me, for very biased reasons, but people don't know why because the episodes never dropped. Exactly, we can't prove. My anything. good friend Phil Gabriel drops in. Man, he was a great guest. You almost broke my dog's paw. I, Easy I with the chair. Where there. winter is, give me your give me paw. Easy with the chair, and you are auditioning for countless thousands today. Today is a busy unpops day for me. I almost feel like you with how much unpop stuff I got going on. I got we're recording two episodes this morning. I reviewed notes over coffee before this, then we're recording two episodes. Then I'm going to, uh, I was invited to audition for the band Countless Thousands. Very nice. Who I met through on Pops back in the old cracked days. And then I'm doing stand-up tonight on the live show. And then uh, I think I'm part of the panel or live podcast or some shit Yeah, too. we're doing a live what in the world. Yeah. Me, you, and Quincy Johnson and a bunch of guests. Fuck yeah. But that will have already happened. By the time this goes up, so don't worry about that, everybody. Shout out NSA, listen live through my phone right now. Maybe they need the plug. What? Why? What? Oh, Weird. But yeah, so there will be a bone. We're actually starting the second week of July after we take this somewhat of a break. We're still putting out a ton of episodes this week, but we'll be releasing, I believe, three episodes a day starting the second week of July. We have a whole lot of bonus episodes coming starting in july can i tell them what we're watching this week or is that a secret what we're watching thursday hey chat you want to come over and watch these two things with me oh yeah yeah you can tell them that hook and gone fishing in the same fucking night in the same night and it's on thursday that's the day i wake up at 5 a.m for my morning therapy so good that's gonna be a Good, uh, good. Me wide awake. You could take a nap at some point during the day. Nah, then I'd have to not go to work. Do that, please. Nope. We're watching Hook and Gone Fishing and releasing that as a Talking at the Movies episode. Two episodes. Two episodes. And I'm doing, we're going to start doing that podcast every single week, only for Patreon subscribers. And we're also adding a new podcast called 12 Questions from Anna Valenzuela, which is a Really interesting podcast. It is, it's heavy, baby. Speaking of heavy, we might bring what's your problem back in some capacity. That's we're gonna do just, that. We've been busy. There's gonna be more outtakes episodes, plus your bonus episodes of Pretty Scary and Conspiracy the Show. All that shit for just five dollars a month. And then we're also changing the ten dollar and fifteen dollar levels a little bit. We got the heart shaped pod shirts in. Yeah, we're gonna send those out soon. We should actually get to the topic. Yeah, it's just a sad topic, but let's... We're talking about immigration today, and we're talking specifically about this idea that separating families at the border is a Democrat initiative, and that the Democrats just need to go back and fix it, 
and otherwise the Trump administration's hands are tied. And we're also kind of, I guess, talking about the civility thing, which is, it's an interesting debate. That's gotten a boost uh, this week thanks to the uh, whole Sarah Sanders thing that was breaking last week when we recorded with her getting kicked out of the restaurant. I feel like that's brought up a lot of civility conversation. Well, that and the Maxine Waters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that one I wrestle with. Well, my friend Dave Weigel, who writes for the Washington Post, tweeted a really good response to people being upset about that. And it was something along the lines of, now hear me out. What if Maxine Waters proposed a more peaceful form of protest, like kneeling during the national anthem? That's a great fucking point. Yeah. Like, what form of protest is peaceful enough? But we'll get into all that. Let's read this comment that we talked about. Sorry, America, I didn't write the dude's name down. No, that's probably for the best. We're not looking to out him or shame him, but he he articulated his concern, like being a longtime listener and fan, but felt like you were maybe alienating him with some stances you were taking. Here's the thing. That's, if you're a longtime listener, you know I'm going to take some stances that might alienate you from time to time. My main podcast is called Unpopular Opinion. That's, That's a thing I've been doing for a long time like if you were listening to my podcasts around the time trump was campaigning for president you would know i alienated a whole bunch of people then too a whole bunch of people then were like please stop talking about this it's never gonna happen you're just embarrassing yourself and blah blah. it's like i'm gonna fucking talk about what i'm gonna talk about at that time it was probably more people on the liberal side that were like why are you people on all sides and it's like i'm always going to talk about what I'm going to talk about. I don't know what to tell you in that regard. But here's the comment. Adam, I am a huge fan and have followed your work for years. I enjoy and appreciate your perspective on many issues and events. That being said, Uh I don't appreciate that you're willing to tell anyone who doesn't draw comparisons of Nazism from the current administration to fuck off. I agree that the policy is bad, but it isn't Trump's policy. It was decided by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in 2015 and is just now being fully enforced, if I'm not mistaken. Which so you, you didn't might fuck, be. So you didn't fucking look that up first before you left this comment? Mm. Anyway, we all want it to change. Paul Ryan and Ted Cruz have proposed legislation already. I hope you don't decide to further alienate any more fans because I have recommended your podcast to many. I am always excited to experience your content. Well, I am sorry to disappoint you. Well, but, you're going to be excited to experience the content today. <laughs> because I, I take a lot of issues with that comment. Let's, for one thing, drawing comparisons to Nazism and Trump has very little to do with this policy. This is just one small part of that comparison. And if you don't realize by now why that's true... You need to read more. You need to go look up Nazi Germany and what it was like even before Hitler took power and just study up on the steps that led to the eventual extermination of six million Jews in Germany. It's not like one day the Jews were perfectly assimilated into society and then on Monday things were good and then Tuesday everyone's in concentration camp. And you cannot... It's a progression. You cannot get that point through people's heads at all. It is impossible to drive that point home to people that Hitler is more than just 
the extermination part. There was a long series of events that led to that. And the events that are happening in this country are mirroring the events that happened in Nazi Germany. And if you disagree with that, you're just wrong. You just don't know enough about Nazi Germany. And it's, I don't know if there is a more documented war in the history of the world than World War II. There is so much information available in every fucking medium. Movies, TV shows, documentaries, fucking podcasts, songs. There are so many ways to go out and learn about what Nazi Germany was before it turned into exterminating Jews because we have nowhere to send them. And part of the reason there is so much stuff and why we're supposed to be educated on this stuff is so we don't repeat history! Right, right. So I take issue with that part of your comment. This this might be a weak-ass analogy, but it's kind of like if you were thin and then one day you realize you were fat. Like, you look in the mirror and you're like, holy shit, how did I go from 185 to 300? You don't realize it. Like, like one day you're right. just like, oh, oh, all of a sudden I'm fat. But it was like month. It was day after yeah. day for months of like you kind of eating shitty, not exercising, not doing wise things. And then one day in the mirror it just clicks. But you didn't, you didn't put on a hundred some pounds overnight. Right. And that's a good comparison when people bring up, well, Ob- a lot of this started under Obama. Yeah, we should have been paying more attention. But here's the thing. Now Trump is president, and he's very vocal about it. So no matter how long mass deportations have been our policy, it's always been wrong. And that was the same thing in Nazi Germany. If you look into, Hitler wasn't the first person to try fucking genocide. He wasn't the first person to open a concentration camp. Germany was doing that shit in Africa before Hitler. So... Your argument that, oh, well, Obama kind of laid the groundwork for this. Yeah, man, that makes it all the more like Nazi Germany. I don't give a fuck about defending Obama, and I cannot stress that enough, especially when it comes to this issue. So that argument that, oh, Obama was just as bad, yeah, that's how Nazi Germany worked. Like, I'm sorry, go read a fucking book. And if me telling you to read a book makes you feel alienated... This is the wrong podcast for you. Mm. I'm fine with that. I would disagree in that, hey, Adam, you know what? I don't have time to read a book. I don't know what to read. I don't know where to read. I don't know what articles I should pick up. If only there was a podcast in which somebody would do all the hard work for me and then break it down and present the objective truth. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, then maybe this is the podcast for you. It could be. Yeah, and you decide. I just want you to be better educated before you try to light me up in the comments. And speaking of comments, let's get back to it. And we're not just, this whole episode isn't going to be just talking about this fucking comment. But this this person uh, articulated a thought, and that thought uh, has inspired a podcast. And yeah, I mostly want to talk about the second half of the comment, which is that this is a Democrat policy that was just decided in 2015. Because that's the argument you're hearing from the right currently. One of the many arguments. One of the many arguments. And... It's not true. It's them trying to sort of force an issue that they want changed. And they're using really creative thinking to try and sell it as, oh, this is a Democrat policy. It's on them to fix it. No, it's not. 
so let's talk about that idea that this is a Democrat proposal. What people people are referring to two different things when they say that. It's referring to two things. One and the biggest thing it's referring to is something called the Flores settlement. And the Flores settlement it was a class action lawsuit filed in 1985 by two organizations on behalf of immigrant children who are being detained in the United States. The case was filed in 1985 and eventually settled in 1997. And I think a lot of people are taking, oh, well, it was settled in 1997, so Clinton was president, so this is a Democrat thing. It's not really a Republican or a Democrat thing. It was a lawsuit filed against the government that the government lost or that the government settled. We know different than saying it's a Reagan thing because it was... Yeah, it was started in 85, and it wouldn't be any more correct to say it was a Reagan thing. It was in response to immigration policies that were happening under the Reagan administration. But what people need to understand about immigration is we've always had kind of the same... If if our presidents have been consistent on anything, be it Republican or Democrat, it's kind of been immigration. We've just never had someone who was this vocal about it and who added that air of racism to it. And that's why it's scarier now, America. Immigration has always kind of been, we've never been great at it. And the Flores settlement is an example of that. 1985 is when this has been an issue since before a lot of people listening to this were even alive. Well, just real quick to what you're saying about the government. It's like past presidents, they might spit in your food but not tell you about it. Trump spits in your food, then he tells you about it, and then he takes a giant shit on your Sunday and tells you to eat it. That's how I feel. Like, he's shoving it in your face. Not that it's right to spit in your food and not tell you about it, but, like, Trump just goes so out of his way to inflame people unnecessarily. Like, right. it's just madness. And that's part of the Nazi comparison. Every country has immigration laws, and... At various points in history, they've handled immigration well or they haven't handled immigration well. But what most countries don't do is stand up in front of their constituents and say this one group of immigrants is ruining everything and we need to get them the fuck out of here. Yeah, we need more Norwegians. Which like, don't get me wrong, I love Norway. But. Like, that is a difference. And if you don't realize that's a difference, I'm sorry. I'm not going to stop talking about it just because you don't want it to be true. So the thing about the Flores settlement, they settle it in 1997, and it imposed a bunch of different obligations on immigration authorities. And they were, in a broad sense, these are three of them, the government is required to release children from immigration detention without unnecessary unnecessary delay to, in order of preference parents, other adult relatives, or licensed programs willing to accept custody. Number two, if a suitable placement is not immediately available, the government is obligated to place children in the, quote, least restrictive, end quote, setting appropriate to their age and any special needs. And part three. That's a 10 by 10 cage, not a three by three yeah, cage. Yeah, least restrictive. you want to give them room to, for activities. The government must implement standards relating to the care and treatment of children in immigration detention. 
Did you catch the part in there where it says families must be separated at the border? I did not, Adam. I wonder why. It's almost as if it isn't part of that. Yeah, and you would think if it was part of that, wouldn't families have been getting separated at the border since 1997? One would think. You would think. If this settlement made it so that we cannot do anything but separate families at the border... You'd think it would have been happening since this settlement took effect. And that's actually one of the arguments is, oh, it hasn't really been enforced. Yes, it has. Like, this part of it has been enforced. Because this part of it's real. Because, that yes, because the part of it that doesn't call for separating families at the border has been enforced for a long time. So that's one of the rulings that people point to when they say, oh, this is a Democrat initiative. And what he's referring to in the Ninth Circuit Court, they actually ruled that it was unconstitutional to detain families together. So what the Trump administration wants is for the Flores, they want to be able to detain families together, but it's because they want to deport more people together. They want to kick them out together and they want to kick them out without actually, in the case of asylum seekers, without actually having to hear their asylum claim. Because where the separating families at the border part comes from, it's absolutely what Jeff Sessions said in April and May. Like, he is the one who said, with this new policy, we might have to separate some families. And they want to paint that as, well, we have to separate families because of all this Democrat shit. No, you don't have to separate families at all. There's no law saying you have to do that. What they put in place is a law that asylum seekers who come to the country illegally will be arrested immediately. And at that point, because the Ninth Circuit Court ruled that families can't be detained together, at that point, they're saying, well, hey, our hands are tied because we have to arrest these asylum seekers. And no, you don't. For one thing, entering the country illegally is a misdemeanor punishable by like six months in jail. It's not, these people aren't committing felonies. Jail would be an upgrade compared to these. In some cases, yeah. And the reason they're arresting asylum seekers at the border is because if you've been arrested in the United States, you cannot be granted asylum. So this is a, with all of their talk about loopholes, this is them creating a loophole that allows them to basically grant no one Asylum. Now, the question- but only people coming from the southern border. Weirdly enough. Yeah. Well, I, is that true though? Like, I, is what true? That like they count you being arrested at the border as an arrest, therefore you cannot. Yeah. Yeah. That. That's, Why are people not talking about that? That is the point of arresting asylum seekers at the border. It's so they will immediately fail their asylum claim, and they want to detain families. See, this is, it's a real fucking catch 22 because the left is rightfully arguing that families should not be separated at the border. And so now the right gets to go, okay, well just let us detain them all together. And on the left, once again, rightfully, that will seem like a sort of reasonable compromise when the real answer is the detention part isn't necessary. And what it's allowing the Trump administration to do is basically we're going to argue our way into way more deportations. 
And it's a real catch-22 because what do you do? Like, you can't just sit there and say nothing when kids are getting separated from their family. But at the same time, when Trump finally caves, and he did, he wrote that executive order saying, all right, well, we'll just detain families together. That's going to be challenged again in court, and it might hold up. It might not. It's like Democrats made a made, made a solid move in checkers when it's a game of chess. Yeah, kind of. And what's really important about detaining families together is at that point, that asylum hearing becomes one. It's just for the entire family. Oh, and somebody was arrested? See ya. Yeah. So if kids are separated, I know this sounds weird, but if a kid is separated from their parents at the border while seeking asylum, they actually have a better chance of being allowed to stay in the country. Whereas if they're arrested as a family and have their asylum hearing as a family, there's no second hearing for that kid. But if you're five years old and you stay in the country without your family, then you're putting some program. Is that Well, it's see, we're assuming every one of these kids is ending up in a program. Some of these kids could have family Family, or relatives that could... Relatives, at first is parents, second is other relatives, and third is a program that will accept them. Right. And in this case, it's it's probably not going to be parents, unless it's just one parent traveling here and the other parent is already here legally somehow. But it's a real fucking catch-22 because it's... It's bas- we're basically arguing our way into letting the Trump administration deport people in record numbers just because they're seeking asylum. I deport the most people. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, he's got to be- More people than any president ever. He's got to outdo Obama eventually. So the thing about the Flores settlement, Republicans want that overturned. They don't want those restrictions on how long you can detain- people seeking asylum because we have protections in place for that and they want to be able to just kind of detain them indefinitely or until their hearing can happen and you hear trump talking about judges we don't need more judges well that's because as we discussed last week this is in a lot of ways a payoff to the private prison industry which with like marijuana decriminalization and all these things coming on the horizon. The private prison industry needs a new population. Immigrants are becoming that population. Also, judges would imply some system of checks and balances, right. uh, due process. Right. And those aren't things that work well with an authoritarian No, regime. not at all. And so if you can set up all of these detention centers, which we're going to talk at the end about even more detention centers that are being set up, if you can set up all these detention centers... And house people for, you know, a few years before you... It's like, all right, right now, I'm fighting with my last apartment to get my deposit check. Are you really? Yeah. It's fucking... It's driving me insane. Fuck them. And all I can think about is my money sitting in their bank account drawing interest and them being like, yes, this is what we want. Immigrant labor is like that interest. These detention centers, even if they can only hold people for a couple of years before deporting them. Like that's that's our that's the other alternative. Do we let the Trump administration go, all right, yeah, just deport people immediately and don't put them in detention centers? Or do we say, no, we need more judges to work this out 
And Trump goes, okay, well, we'll fight about that. And until then, all these people are in detention centers and we're going to force them to work. Make more money, yeah. And these private prisons are going to make a shit ton of money. Which do you want? And it's like, which do we want? Do we want immediate deportations or do we want detention centers? I would prefer neither of them. We deported more people under Obama than anyone else. And it didn't feel like Nazi hellfire. If we could just go back to that, it would be better. But not, and we're not saying that's the exact solution. We're just saying that's not as bad as it is now. It's not as bad as what the solution could be. But I don't know. I, f- I feel like I'm ranting. Let's also talk about the 2008 anti trafficking law, which was, again, this is a Bush era policy. Uh-huh. Not- Bush. <laughs> Signed in like 2000. <laughs> Just like it. <laughs> uh, we do comedy sometimes. Oh, man. So this was signed into. Like he didn't shave. <laughs> <laughs> or she. <laughs> oh, man. This is really sad stuff. Uh, so the intent here was to protect children from sex traffickers, which on the surface. I want to make a sex traffic joke. Who's, who's ever going to have an issue with that? This, was a, this had bipartisan support. And what it did is it ensured that children who came to the United States got a full immigration hearing instead of being turned away or sent back. It's almost as if we were a country built on immigrants in the first place. I know, right? You would crazy. You would think. And history, America, but not the part where immigrants are the foundation of this country. Right. And the goal of this hearing was to determine if this kid had a valid asylum claim. And when Republicans point to this as being related to the problem of separating families at the border, these were unaccompanied children. These were kids coming here without their parents. And in some cases, they were, you know, like between 14 and 18. Like we say kids, but we're talking about people under 18. Adolescents. Right. But people who can also work if we need them to. So this didn't deal with parents separating at the border. This was just about unaccompanied kids coming to the country. And the problem was we wanted all of these hearings. But when you hear Trump say, oh, we we need more judges, whatever. What happened between 2002 and 2013, which puts it on Bush and Obama if we're still having these fucking arguments. It puts it on the government. The government, yes. Between 2002 and 2013, Congress increased spending on immigration enforcement by 300%. That's a lot of money. They, meanwhile, they increased spending for immigration courts during that time by 70%. Seems like a discrepancy. Seems like a huge discrepancy Brrr. that's going to create a backlog of people waiting to hear their asylum claims. And the difference between the policy of the previous administration and the policy of the current administration that makes it feel so much more like Nazi shit is the previous administration would let people just go about their lives while waiting to hear their asylum claims. We weren't arresting people for seeking asylum. Yeah, and then when you go to your asylum claim hearing, you can get a fair hearing because you weren't arrested, which makes you in the little loophole yeah. kicked out to begin with. And, and maybe you go to your asylum hearing and they do deport you. But 
that's that's the process. And contrary to popular belief, it is not a process that's bringing this country to its knees. It's just a process. But now we've added this extra layer where, no, you coming here is a crime. Like, we've criminalized that act of just coming to the United States seeking a better life, which is what this country was built on. We've criminalized that act and started putting these people in detention centers instead. So when, when Republicans say catch and release, it's he, not fucking fishing. Yeah, it's not. These are people. These are people seeking asylum. All the previous administration did is let those people live their lives and go about functioning as a human being until that hearing happened. Well, the important thing is no one from the Republican Party is comparing these people to animals, which is in no way like Nazism. No, no, not at all. And the thing is, when you say, oh, well, this is a Democrat policy, when the anti-trafficking law came up in 2014 under a uh, last two years of Obama, so it was probably not yet a Republican-controlled Congress completely, but when this came up, Republicans really fought against adding more judges and adding more money to that part of immigration because they were like, no, we can fix it a different way. What, dif- what different way is there? The people are here, add more judges, speed up the fucking hearings, problem solved. But instead, we're solving the problem by opening fucking detention Adam centers. Used air quotes when you said solving the problem. Yeah, I did. By opening detention centers, basically. Which detention center is a nice way to put it in many cases. Yeah. And so it's not a matter of, oh, this has been the policy of the government forever. It's a matter of how the current administration is interpreting that policy. Because our policies, contrary to what anything Republicans want to tell you, have never called for separating families. So we, ha- we are under no obligation to immediately arrest people as- seeking asylum. When the uh, commenter said, if I'm not mistaken. You were, sir. I hope adding sir to the end of that makes it less alienating. But you were mistaken. I will expect my apology in the comments section under this episode. Also, enjoy our uh, new riff tracks this night. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Chat Talk gone fishing. <laughs> Can't yeah, wait. That's why I'm here. So uh, let's talk about, and yeah, we talked about the zero tolerance thing. I think we've covered most of that part of what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. It, it's just, no, it's if, not, a, it's, this is separating families is not Democrats fault. And as you've that's said Republicans before, trying to put it creatively to make it seem you don't want to be way. compared to Nazism, don't do Nazi like shit, which I think we should get on a t-shirt. Yeah. Don't, don't support people who do nazi shit if you don't want to be lumped in with nazis it's really that simple i'm sorry the guy you voted for took this turn but you could have seen it coming and i'm sorry that it's where we are now but he's doing some nazi shit and i'm not gonna not talk about it just because you listen to my podcast you're nazi gonna talk about <laughs> <laughs> oh man i stayed up all night writing that one Woo! <laughs> Killing it hard. Like so, those people dying in camps. What? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so 
let's continue last week's theme a little bit and talk about oh, some we have to? detention center horror stories because a new one just emerged and time magazine first broke this article and i will actually put links up on the site this time yeah, which I, I, I dumped in the comments yeah last i time. forgot to do it last week but, just getting those faves and that dopamine yeah. fix but also last week there was just the one thing really but you did the you did good about uh tweeting i like what you're doing after the show's uh tweeting like a lengthy ass thing yeah i might do that again you should we'll see how it goes so let's talk time magazine first broke this story and basically an internal navy document just revealed that the navy it seems like almost without being asked to just because they know the question is coming or the order is coming has started looking into setting up detention camps for immigrants at retired or abandoned navy facilities around the country and in some cases these camps they they describe them as austere detention camps which, which is explain a that that if you're familiar with austerity whenever a government imposes austerity policies people get mad because it means we don't have any money so we're just doing the basic basic shit to make sure you can still live so austere detention centers is a really fancy way of saying these places are going to be tents in the middle of the desert quick question do you think i could enter norway illegally and then when i get caught claim asylum and they'd be like what I'm like have you seen the news um probably not okay. and also isn't norway has a, a healthy right-wing element to it i wouldn't i don't know what norway's government is like but just because they give you free health care doesn't mean they're not monsters we'll eventually do a norway episode yeah. Okay. Great song by Beach House, by the way. Norway? Go listen to it sometime. Anyway, so this is actually as close as we get to good news when it comes to detention centers, because this story has a sort of happy ending. But Time Magazine reported on this internal Navy document that they're planning to open these tent cities, basically, around the country. Sounds cool. Yeah. Sounds great. And... One of them was going to be at the Concord Naval Weapons Station in Concord, California. Isn't that abandoned? It is abandoned, Chad. Do you abandoned? know why it's abandoned? Something the EPA designated because it. It's a Superfund site. And I should say that word again so I emphasize the word Superfund. It's not a Superfund site. It is actually not fun at all because a Superfund site basically means... I've been meaning to do we need more accurate names for things. Yeah. A, a Superfund site basically means it's too contaminated for people to live there. And we've been trying to clean it up since it became contaminated, and we still haven't gotten it done. Kind of like Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> I, I don't get what it is with you in Columbus, Ohio. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but there are some actual examples in the United States of like, like Times Beach, Missouri. Go out and Google Times Beach, Missouri. It's a town where at one point the city started spraying the roads with a certain kind of tar, and it was like a new thing. Come to find out the tar caused cancer, and they had to just, like, there's no way to make that city livable again. That's a super fun site. That's where we wanted to house 47,000 immigrants seeking asylum. 
Yeah, but you don't die right away. You can still get a good, like, five years of labor out of them, and then you kick them out, and then they die anyway. It's not our problem. Yeah, exactly. And when I say this has a happy ending, it's because this community intervened and was like, no, you can't house 47,000 people on a site that we aren't even sure is safe enough for people to live on. That is insane, and we don't want it happening in our backyard. And, you know, thankfully... They tried this in kind of like the Bay Area, where you know liberal politicians, thankfully and rightfully, are going to be like, what the fuck? No, you can't house people on a Superfund site. What happens if they try to do it in Arkansas, Alabama, Florida, which is one of the places where they are planning to open these facilities? Is the outcry going to be the same? Like, will the governor of Arkansas come out and say, no, don't house immigrants there? because it's not safe and we don't want them living in those conditions. No, they fucking will not. So this story has sort of a happy ending in that this one super fun site is not going to be a detention center. Standards for happy endings. But I know that's the thing. That's where we are right now. That's how happy Our news works. It's how good news works in the Trump like administration. The say, Adam, we're going to rape you. And then... The centrists are like, let's fucking compromise and just give you a hand job. And then people on the left are like, how about no sexual assault against my will, whatever. And then people are like, unwilling to compromise. Just give them a hand job. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the fucking world we're in, man. Pretty much, yeah. So this is a story to definitely keep an eye on. I'll keep an eye on it. It just broke last week. Read the Time Magazine article. I'll put it up on the website. But we are definitely gearing up for a massive influx of detained immigrants. There is no disputing that. And it's a thing that we have started under the Trump administration. And I'm sorry if that disappoints you as a Trump supporter, but it is the case. Good luck, America. This is a fun episode. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> it's like, which button is he going to hit? You really need the fuck you, Silicon Valley. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Man. Man, what a bummer of a sode. I feel like I haven't contributed much, but it's like, what? No, this one has been me mostly ranting. But it's, you need to get it out. And, uh, this but is I like this space. better than my solo podcast, because at least some I can look to someone and go say, say something. And then I can be like, it's almost as if blah 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 <laughs> Fucking idiots. Yeah. Sorry, not idiots. Just people that are just, willfully uneducated. Yeah, just vote better, man. So Or... If you have to be voting poorly, just don't vote. In that case, I advocate not voting. If you are not informed enough to vote, just don't vote. Let the informed people vote. Yeah, that would be nice. All right, we should wrap this up so we can get you off to your drummer audition. We got another pod to do. I know, that's why we got to wrap this up. Uh, Countless thousands will wait. Oh, I'm sure they would, but we won't make them. What do we have to plug? Patreon.com slash Unpops. We're doing so much with the Patreon starting in July. It's going to be... It's already a really good deal. Like, I, I mean, honestly, it's insane to me that it's only $5. But right. hey. And you get... Take if, advantage of if it. If nothing else, you get all of our podcasts in one RSS feed. Like, there are places that I pay more than $5 for a fucking iced tea. Yeah. Yeah. 
and we're adding a bunch of bonus content starting in July. I'll have I'll I'll record like a separate podcast about that or something, but patreon.com slash unpops and also it's five dollars for the first 2500 people who sign up that's been how it is forever so those numbers are growing maybe get out there and jump on it it's it's getting getting close to the end baby. tell friends but even then it's only going to be like six dollars or something get some people to subscribe tell everybody be tell a part of the community tell all the people you meet tell everybody mm. And also come to the Live on Pops podcast last Saturday of every month at the Hollywood Hotel, bitch! Do you know what the July one's going to be at? I don't know yet. I think we might just do a regular old on Pops. Okay. Oh, also, I am at, uh, if you're in Los Angeles on the 4th of July, I'm doing a show at the Hollywood Hotel with Quincy Johnson and Anna Valenzuela. So come out to that. I mean, no one's going to be there, but come anyway. I'll and come. If I'm, Quincy gives me a spot. Oh, I'm sure. No, Quincy will put you up if you come. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so come see me, Anna Valenzuela, and Chet Wilde, and Quincy Johnson II, all on the 4th of July for free at the Hollywood Hotel. Holy shit. It's almost like it's an unpop show. Yeah. And all the other comics are really funny, Do you feel too. dirty wearing any flag-related things on the 4th of July now, given, like... How it almost as if as if uh, many people on the right like have taken ownership of the flag and the flag feels dirty to me right now. I was actually thinking about this while watching Forged in Fire the other day because a guy was wearing a hat. Oh, what was it? Was some America slogan? But it was like a trucker hat, and I was like, "That's kind of a cool hat." And at this point, I would almost wear it ironically. Yeah, it's it's almost as if uh, if you if you wear flag shit. You're you're viewed as a like a, on the 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 right, you know. Yeah, and uh, fuck that. Yeah. Let's take the flag back. We like, got it's on the cover of this podcast. I wonder if I wore a flag hat, if people would just assume I'm conservative. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, Patreon.com/slash unpops five dollars a month, or thank you for listening for free, baby. Like a dollar a week. You. We love you. Anyway, it's a dollar twenty-five a week. Oh. It's like a dollar, you could have worked that math. Dollar eighteen, if you had, because it's not. It's a little over four weeks in a month. Okay, this. I'm is, doing a great job dragging this out and not yeah, saying you really salutations. are. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Oh, come on.